following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. My mom. What? Did you fuck my mom? What do you mean? I, uh... Did you fuck my mom, Santa Claus? Did you fuck my mom? No. Did you fuck her? No. Did you fuck my fucking mom? Did you fuck my mom, Santa? Yeah! Ah, he's Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Eat Sleep List, your home for list making here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Dan Torres. As always, I am joined by my good friend, my co-host, the creator of this show, um, Mr. Matt Johnson. It is so good to see you, buddy. Happy holidays. We are officially in the holiday season. We sure are, my man. Happy holidays to you. Uh, yeah, it's our first. I think this is our first. Yeah, this is our first episode drop in the month of December. Um, kind of got the things going, you know, getting the wheels turned a little bit last week, and we actually, I, I loved that episode, Andrew and Brian. I know you guys are listening. I think you guys are listening. Uh, thank you very much for being a part of that. I had fun re like. I like I love re-listening to these episodes. I really do. Some of them I listen re-listened to multiple times, and last week was definitely one of them. So. Uh, if I had to do a top 10 list list again, that would probably be, it would probably squeeze its way into the top 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That was one of the more fun ones I've done. And just the nostalgia that came from one, the nostalgia lists are always my favorite that we do. Um, but that one in particular was so fun. Cause I felt like I had to relive all my Christmases in order to do my research for it. Yeah. It, that's, it, it's a good thing. Like, I, you know, the holidays, it's such a, it it can be a very emotion. It, it's an emotional time, whether it's it's you know the joy, sadness, stress. Um, there, there's so much emotion that goes on when it comes to the holidays. It's just like it's just in our, ingrained in our our system. So if you kind of you know take a step back, relive those happy moments. Um, it's it's always good. It's always going to talk about. It. it makes me feel good, and 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 you know it, it makes me appreciate the sense uh, and the reason you know for Christmas, for the holidays. Cause I think it, I think it gets lost on a lot of people now. So um, gotta, gotta look for the good things. Agreed. Yeah. It's, it's good to get in the spirit of the holidays this time of year. Cause you're right. It can easily be lost, which brings us to today's list and today's topic. If you listened last week or you clicked on this episode today, you know that we're doing our top 10 favorite holiday specials, which was, a very fun list to research for me. Um, there are so many ones to choose from out there. Um, this is another list that I feel like is very dependent on your tastes and your favorites of certain things as far as TV shows go or, um, you know, what you are more geared to, like cartoon wise, live action wise, everything like that. Um but this was a really fun one to put together. I have some ones that I 
think a lot of people would or wouldn't have on here, but I feel like it's going to go either way on it. Uh, Matt, how was your time researching this list? It was, uh, there were some challenges because I think there's the gimme ones, right? There's the, there's the, the, you know, the, the the claymation ones. There's just the ones that we all grew up with, but I also wanted to put my own spin on it because literally almost every entertainment property ever, TV, movies, um, all that stuff has put on some kind of special presentation for for Christmas. I think it's a big thing. I think everybody, it's like uh, it's like trying to nail like a Christmas song, right? If you get if you hit a, on a Christmas song, you're immortalized forever. Yes. And if you hit on a TV, like a cartoon, whatever special Christmas special, you're immortalized forever. Those residual checks are going to come in year in and year out from that thing. So. It's I, I wanted to find find that, you know, find the balance. I think I did a pretty good job. I got some classics. I got some personal favorites. Um, am I forgetting some? Almost oh, definitely. I'm sure there's there's quite a few that are escaping my memory. Um and and lost time. And you know what? As soon as we hit, hit stop record at the end of this episode, I'm sure one or two of them is gonna pop up in my head. You might even jog my memory a little bit. So yeah. it, it it was just nice because Again, the the memories that this brought back up, the happy memories. Okay, seven, eight, nine, whatever years old, you're at home with your parents, and you know, oh, this special's on, and this is in the day when YouTube and streaming services, and and even like like VHS and DVD, like common, but they weren't like this super affordable media all the time. Yep, when it was on TV, you watched it. Right, and you gathered as a family. It was a family unit thing. Hey, we got to do this. Or remember, ABC Family used to do like the twenty-five days of Christmas, where they had like a Christmas movie on every day. Um, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. So this one uh, was, I was just absolutely delighted to be able to do. So I'm very happy you chose it. Me too. This uh, turned out to be a really, really fun one to go through. And yeah, they, you really get the nostalgia factor in this list, like we have with the past couple. Um, in, ta- in thinking about things like the 25 nights of Christmas uh, with a- ABC and getting together with your family and sitting down watching stuff. My mom still does it all the time where she'll it just put on a movie and, you know, fold laundry or something and just like have those memories of like sitting around different Christmases with us and watching that. Uh, so without further ado, are you ready to make a list, my friend? Let's make a list. <laughs> Let's do it. Our top 10 favorite holiday specials. Matt, you're number 10. All right. So for number 10, I'm going to put, uh, I'm going to put an OG one here. One of the ones you grew up on. I prefer the, the movie version of it, the live action movie version of it, but the original cartoon has some charm. I'm going to put how the Grinch stole Christmas here. All right. Mm -hmm. As my number 10, it's you know one of the most iconic Christmas songs of all time, and I just I, there's something about like I don't know like the visual like how it looks how it sounds the you know the the art style all that stuff just encompassing and to a great story because I think at this time you know Dr. Seuss had pretty much put out a lot of his best work. I think this came out in the you know late you know 60s, something like that, maybe early 70s. And uh and the Grinch was far and away the most iconic, right? Cat in the hat, yeah, no doubt. But the Grinch was like that one that was mainstream. It became affiliated with a holiday. 
uh, obviously because it was Christmas based, but uh, a really tremendous story. I think a lot of kids grew up reading How the Grinch Stole Christmas and especially at that time too, when a lot of those things didn't necessarily translate to television, to movies to see that uh, was pretty astounding. And I understand why it's part of uh Christmas lore. So I'm going to go how the Grinch stole Christmas. I think it is a, uh, it is a, it is a must watch every single year. Narrated by the great Boris Karlov, if I may add, yeah. who was, you know, one of the OG Frankensteins and like scary men of pictures. He's, he was, he was an icon back then. So that's part of the thing that made it stand out so much at that time too. Absolutely. Yeah. Very good. I, I absolutely love it. I actually was thinking about putting this one on my list, but it kind of fell through the cracks while I was putting everything together. Um, but it's definitely a must watch every holiday year season for me. It's 30 minutes. You could put it on and have it done in no time flat. Just do something, even just to have it on in the background for something. But yes, must watch every single holiday season. Uh, My number 10, let me see what I'm going to put here. I'm going to put the Friends episode, um, so they have a couple of different Christmas episodes, but I'm going to put the Holiday Armadillo episode at my number 10. (laughs) Um, If you're a Friends fan, this is an absolutely iconic episode. This is absolutely iconic. Ross wants um, Ben to think that Hanukkah is just as important as Christmas or to realize that it's just as important as Christmas is their faith. But Santa Claus is such a big icon that... There's no Jewish like mascot for the holiday. So the holiday armadillo is created um, because Ross is trying to teach him the joy of Hanukkah. Uh, a crazy story is made as to why in the world he would even be associated with the holiday. And then just the sequencing of Chandler and Joey both coming in afterwards and Joey in the Superman costume to boot, like it just, it makes no sense in the, in the long run, but it's such a funny episode. It is one of the most iconic episodes of friends ever. And it comes in at my number 10. No, that, that one, I was trying to look up to jog the memory you know, some of the best Christmas episodes of all time, holiday specials, Christmas specials. And that one's a top tenor on a lot of people's lists. Now I grew up, you know, kind of watching friends here and there. Um, I, you know, it's have to admit it's not on my list, but I understand why it is on a top 10, especially, you know, friends, probably a, friends is probably to many people, a top 10 sitcom of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it just kind of goes hand in hand with that. So I think that's an excellent choice. I, I love the idea of the holiday armadillo. Like, God, it's amazing. It's so ridiculous. Great. Only they could get away with something like that. The image of them just all sitting on the couch is hilarious together. Like, <laughs> just just the like the way Ross is navigating in the armadillo costume is amazing. Um, it's it's one of the better episodes that they've done of that show. Uh, <laughs> All right, moving right on to number nine, Matt. All right, so my number nine, I'm going to put. I'm, I'm probably. I'm the the classics might be a little top heavy. Um, so I'm going to put. Uh, I'm going to put the Frosty the Snowman, uh, cartoon on here, and just what a cool story! Like, and 
we all love the story. We love the song. Uh, and I just, I don't know. They, like the, Again, the art style and stuff is just so cool. It was just really neat. Um, you know, the way it was presented, I, you know, it's one, there, there's so many, like I those old classic cartoons. Actually, I'm not even sure when Frosty came out. I feel like it's a little bit, not like newer, newer, but I, it like the presentation is, um, is it comes off a little bit newer. Now I got to Google it. It's snowman cartoon. cartoon. TV. Oh, 1969. So it is a little bit newer, but the graphics look, you know, visually it's very appealing. Yeah, December 7th, yeah. 1969. So I know they made a sequel one. Um, They try to make a couple other ones, but yeah, there's just something about Frosty. It made you, like, I used to watch that and then want to go outside and build a snowman. Like, that's how powerful and impactful Frosty the Snowman was. So uh, but yeah, it's a tale. It's it's a tale as old as time. It 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 literally just oh, like the song. Like it just just it's a, it's a movie about the or a TV show about the song. Twenty five minute about a three minute song, and it's uh it's tremendous. So yeah, Frosty the Snowman number nine. That's one of the better ones out there. I'm not yeah. going to say too much about it at the current moment because it does come up on my list. But it is it is definitely one of uh the holiday classics that you should go to immediately at the start of Christmas. Yeah. I, you know what, man, I, I want a marathon. I want a day off before Christmas. Maybe I'll get one where I just marathon everything, marathon everything. I would do a dry, a dry, like a Christmas drive-in, like a Christmas holiday specials or a movie, like one of those like long extended movie theater things and just put them all on. That's hilarious. Yeah. I, I would I would absolutely love to do something like that. That would be we would you could probably make a killing actually putting something like that up at a drive-in. Yeah, even around here. I wish I wish I could count on people to come into the studio <laughs> because that would be something special. That would definitely be one of these days, my man. One of these days. One of these days. <laughs> Very good. I love that as your number nine. Thank you, my man. Uh, um, I'm also going to put a classic at my number nine and put Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer here. Um, I This is another one where, you know, it could be honestly anywhere on this list, but it's just falling into number nine um, because I'd say it came, maybe it's the bullying factor of him the entire time maybe takes a few points of it away from me and then you know, when they finally need him situationally, he comes in handy. Uh, and I've I've always found that part of Rudolph off-putting a little bit. It stinks, but it's real. Like, yeah. that's that's where I'm like, that's where I like it. Because actually, this is my number eight, um, ironically enough. Is, oh, perfect. Is Rudolph. So I'll let you obviously continue, um, and then I'll add, I'll add to it. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds great. Um, but the the characters in it. I think make it for sure. You have Herbie, the elf that wants to be a dentist. He's not making toys. He's just fixing the teeth on dolls for whatever reason. Um, Yukon Cornelius, who's okay. unbelievable, is the greatest prospector in the North. Uh, the abominable snowman, who when you're a kid is a little bit like, uh, this terrifying. guy's a little creepy. Yeah, 
exactly. But then he turns into like one of the favorites of people after a while, I feel like. Um, as far as the iconic characters go, the Island of Misfit Toys is always amazing. I hate I see the meme every year when they're talking about the squirt gun that uh that that squirts jelly. It's like just put water in him, you morons, and not <laughs> jelly. Um but yeah, the the music is also amazing in that. Um overall. So yeah, that goes in at my number nine. I'll let you say more about it. Yeah, so this being my number eight, I mean, I, I, a lot of what Dan said, uh, I like the idea, you know, I like those kind of triumph stories always. And when you can kind of put it into a Christmas film, uh, mm-hmm. Christmas special, it, it just works double hard, uh, it, extra hard for me. I like also the influence it had on so much more. Like when I think of Elf and in the beginning of Elf, I associate it with, the way that, you know, Rudolph and several of these other like stop motion, uh, you know, films looked like like that. That was I think that's part of the iconic, you know, thing to it because I, I've never seen anything like it. Like, yeah, there were, were there a lot of older movies that attempted it. Yeah, but they're kind of forgotten in history. You want like nothing looks like Rudolph. The, the, the classic one. So. Um, yeah, I like it. It, it. Herbie, the dentist, uh, is, is, you know, everybody, that's like a quote scene for the movie. Like if you listen to a Christmas radio station where they're, they, they play it, you know, in one of their transition, you know, radio stations like to play just a bunch of clips and some kind of intro or segment or whatever. Um, they love to play it. Herbie wants to be a dentist. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I love UConn. I love the UConn and Cornelius. So Yes, all, all, all for uh, for Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. So great to think, uh, great to see that we have them pretty close together. Absolutely, um, it's it's such a great special, and a couple more, in, maybe one or two more in that style pop up on this list for me too, um, that I can't wait to get to. Um, but for now, for my number eight, I'm going to put my <laughs> somewhat sad entry in uh, here, which is a special called uh, The Forgotten Toys. It's about 30 minutes or so, and it's based off a children's book. I can't remember who the author is offhand. Um, But it's about um, these two toys, a doll and a teddy bear, who were thrown out um, the day like before or after Christmas, who were just uh, tossed because the kids got new toys and they're not interested in seeing them anymore um and the special itself revolves around them starting off in trash cans escaping the garbage truck which is a a wild scene for them um they meet a dog named chauncey who's also on the road and like doesn't have an owner he just kind of lives on the streets and they get along and they're hanging and then like throughout the course of it they end up uh kind of separating going their own ways the toys meet this uh this guy with a beard who's not like outright santa claus but he's kind of like the santa claus-esque character right um and he he tells them like there's a school like a couple blocks over or whatever i bet if you wait outside like kids will take you home like that like they'll want you so he spruces them up a little bit 
they get to the school um, and then kids end up taking them and uh, the dog ends up finding Santa and Santa takes Aww. him in, which is, it's a super cute, heartwarming ending. I get so much grief because the first time I ever cried on my podcast, I was talking about this. I don't oh, know really? what was going on, but we were going over our Christmas specials and I was like, talking about it steve had never heard of it was just like laughing at me the whole time while i was going through this. i've never heard of it actually i'm actually i like i'm very curious now I, it's good when did do you remember when it came out is it i can find out real quick oh, okay. it's 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 very good the story is very sweet the music's good from it i um, like that as a kid who grew up close you know like Toys were essentially my fr- if, as weird as it sounds. Like toys were kind of everything. I know what you mean. Yeah, and like I have an emotional attachment to a lot of those things. Uh, even you know, even though it's kind of so. When I hear that shit, like it, it kind of makes me sad. Especially like people who just kind of get rid of toys frequently, and in uh, sometimes without the child, the, they they lose the kid lose their toys without their own approval. Sometimes, yeah, exactly, uh, which is always difficult to deal with. So. Oh wow! So they they actually had a TV series based with it too, but it's oh. uh it came out in 1995. Oh okay, 1995 story. So it's, says, it's it's more recent. You said it's called the Forgotten Toys. The Forgotten Toys. It's based off on the children's book, The Night After Christmas. Okay. So it, it it does take place after Christmas. All right, I'm very curious. That's uh, I'm gonna have to try and see if I can find that because yeah. I had uh. I could always use a good cry. I had a little one today watching stuff, so I get I think it's on YouTube. I think the British version of it is on YouTube somewhere. I don't know how the sound quality is, but um, it's probably available somewhere to check out. Okay. Sounds good to me. Yes, sir. But that is my number eight. Let's move on to our number seven, Matt. All right. So number seven, this is going to be... It's not my only live action, like live kind of one, but it's my only sitcom one, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to, so one of my favorite sitcoms of all time is everybody loves Raymond and they've had a lot of different Christmas episodes themselves. There's been some good ones, but the one that stands out to me always, and it's kind of like, it's kind of like what you just mentioned with forgotten toys where it's kind of like after it's like during Christmas, then the day after it's the episode called the toaster. Yeah. Uh, have you seen this one? I remember this one. You know what was really funny is I was going through my research today. This one came, this episode came up and I was like, oh my God, I forgot about this one. This is a really, really good episode. I love this one. So for those who've never seen it, uh, Raymond thought, Ray thought it'd be a good idea to get his, his, you know, in-laws and his parents uh, a toaster with the names of his, their kids, their grandkids um, inscribed on the side of it, you know, happy or Merry Christmas, love the grandkids. Um, He buys it. His wife, Deborah's parents love it. They rave about it. They talk about it, but he notices that, uh, (laughs) that his parents don't have one or haven't said anything about it. So he goes over and he kind of checks and he comes to find out that they ended up, they're basically, we don't need a toaster. And basically they go, 
they they admit that they returned it. They're like, we don't need a toaster, so we returned it to the store. And then Ray flips out, and there's this whole thing where they're back at the at the department store trying to find it. And they happen to be there when some lady's returning it that's saying that they got a toaster, but it has the wrong names on it. So they, they do this whole stealing thing. It's just funny. I actually I looked it up on IMDB and it's actually based on a real story. The um so oh, the, wow. I'm gonna I'm gonna let me pull it up here for okay. So um Archive American television series creator Phil Rosenthal. This is from IMDB.com. So this episode was based on an incident that really happened between him and his parents. During uh, the show's second season, the entire cast and crew received a stainless steel toaster with the Everybody Loves Raymond logo engraved into it as a Christmas time memento. Rosenthal sent one to his parents in New York. However, he never heard from them if they see if they received it. Upon telephoning them, Rosenthal's parents informed them that they didn't really need the toaster and thus took it back to Macy's, <laughs> claiming to have bought it there and exchanged it for a coffee maker. This is what I love when art imitates life, but they never knew, but they never opened the the toaster. So he explained the significance of it to his parents who were really, they like didn't care and it really upset and frustrated him. And so they, they twisted it. Um, <laughs> he said that uh oh no it was a joke it was a joke line but he said prophetically rosenthal stated that someone must have bought that return toaster at macy's opened it up and, and upon seeing the show logo exclaimed i'd rather have a fraser toaster so <laughs> so i thought that was very i thought that was interesting like I, I just scrolled to the bottom they have like an episode page and i scrolled to the bottom and there's all sorts of cool facts but i found that Interesting. I think it's a like it's a common thing that we all have. Like, I've bought gifts for people that I've I've like seen months or years later, just still in the box. Um, and that's like that stings personally. Like, at, at, when you're a gift giver, they're like, "Oh, it's all about giving," and you see that, and it's like, "Oh, it's crushing." It's crushing. Yep. So. I I have this uh, story that I never let my brother Jonathan live down ever to this day. Um, where for, I think it was his birthday or Christmas, the one year I bought him the game overwatch because, um, I had done a lot of research. I knew the type of games he liked. And I was like, oh, I think, uh, I, I think he'd have a really good time with this game. I think it would be really good for him. So I got it for him and he returned it to GameStop like three weeks later. And now overwatch is like the only thing he ever plays really so like it's like so now he'll be on he'll be on his pc doing that and i'll go remember the one time i bought you that and you returned it like uh, just all the time i never let him live that's messed up such a jerk such a jerk <laughs> uh if yeah. he'd only given it a chance would have changed his life a lot sooner i know i know that's unbelievable that's bold that's that's a bold move that's that's my brother jonathan uh very good i love Thank that you. for your number seven i think i kind of had a feeling you were gonna have an everybody loves raymond on, one on here and i'm really glad it was that one that you picked yeah there, i think there's like one line from it i'm pretty sure it's this show where they're arguing where marie and robert or marie and frank are arguing and she talks about being a trophy wife i think this is the episode and he goes you're you're a trophy wife what contest in hell did I win? <laughs> I remember <laughs> it's that. It's my favorite line. It's so good. <laughs> so, 
his delivery yeah. every yeah. time. Was, I love it. Oh man, so good. They were a uh, tremendous TV couple. Oh, unbelievable! One of the best. One of the best has ever been on screen. Very good, Matt. That's Thank a really you. great choice. Uh, my number seven. I'm not going to talk about this one too much because we already risk getting canceled once this year. Um, and I don't want to do it again. Um, but it's, uh, I had to throw an episode on here, one of their Christmas episodes. And this is my favorite one. Uh, it's Mr. Hankey's Christmas Classics from South Park. Okay. Uh, it's just, it's their sing-along episode. It's the only like major sing-along one they've ever done I, to this day, I believe, um, as far as episodic format. And it's just the most ridiculous thing. And it's South Park's version of their own Christmas carols. And just like the, the dreidel song in particular stands out to me every single year with Ky- Kyle and Ike singing it. Hartman's contributions to it as he's prancing <laughs> all over the screen like a fat moron. Um, and then uh, Kyle's mom doing like, Shanae turns and everything in their living room doing a full choreographed song to it uh it's i love south park i love their style of humor and this episode in particular hits it on the head for me um mr hanky's christmas classics is one of the best ones they've ever done that is a very good one i do have another south park one on here uh <laughs> we will get to that at some point oh so, god but i have I, a feeling I, yeah uh South Park, it's it's when adult cartoons do Christmas specials, it's so good. Like I was looking through, like Rick and Morty have done done some. I guess American Dad's done a couple. Family Guy, I'm sure. Like there's a couple really, really, really good ones. So, um, so yeah, I uh, all for it. I was actually just watching a couple South Park, a couple of the other Christmas episodes to try and see what I missed out on, and I almost did. They did put it out a couple years ago. It's uh, it's one where they basically run Jeff Bezos and Amazon out of town. <laughs> They're doing it's the bike rally thing, and and he's trying to use the kids to convince their parents to get so they can get their Amazon packages and stuff. And 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 Bezos doesn't talk with his mouth; he talks with his mind. He does like his telepathic thing. It's he's got this huge, huge head. It's wild. What? Yeah, that is a good one, my friend. Great choice. Thank you, sir. On to number six. All right. On to number six. I'm going to put. Uh, okay. All right. So this is going to be a sport one. And uh, it used to be a yearly tradition for them to do it. They stopped it because the viewer, I think the viewership went down quite a bit. It be, kind of became a throwaway show. But I started watching pro wrestling again in 2003. And this is the year that they started doing tribute to the troops, which I thought was the coolest thing uh, that they did. It was actually really neat because I think that first year uh, Christmas landed on a Thursday. And I'm like, I had just come back in wrestling. I was absolutely obsessed. I bought uh, or I asked for a Limp Biscuit CD because the song Build a Bridge was the Survivor Series theme. And and I was just all about wrestling. So we actually, like, for Christmas, me and my family, we all sat around. I, it, 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 there was nothing on TV, 
So I'm like, hey, can we put on wrestling? And they actually put it on, and we watched Tribute to the Troops. And it was the coolest thing. Um, I love the environment. They're out there, all the you know uniformed uh, men and women. It was, uh, let's see, it was in Baghdad, uh, Camp Victory in yeah. Baghdad. And uh, they only had four matches. A lot of the other stuff was some skits, but it was um, it was really neat. So they had the four matches were the APA versus uh, World's Greatest Tag Team. Tag Team. Yeah, really, really quick match. Uh, actually, there was only one really long match on it. Everything else was pretty short, which is wild to think about. Um, Rikishi beat Rhino. I know. Um, Eddie Guerrero beat... Uh, wrestled Chris Benoit. That was Benoit. the longest match. Yep. 11 minutes, 38 seconds. And the main event was John Cena versus Big Show, uh, which was cool. And I remember I, I remember Stone Cold giving two Stone Cold stunners to um, to the Big Show after the match. But I remember he, he dressed up as, as Santa Claus, I think. Um, but there was other ones that were good. I remember Mick Foley did it, I think, the year after. And he gave one of the the heel women, like a half drink and Gatorade for Christmas. It was just funny, just goofy stuff. Um, also, Don Marie. It was Don Marie he gave the half drink Gatorade to. I think so. I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because they did it in 2004. <clears throat> yeah, they did it quite a quite a bit. There was a, a lot. I mean, the cards got better and better. But I, I preferred it when they did it overseas, like in – Obviously, I'm sure they didn't necessarily feel comfortable doing that because I think they were attacked it a couple times or whatever. But I always thought the idea of them going overseas and doing it was really neat. When they started doing it at home arena, it just lost the aesthetic, like the special feeling to it, even though it meant a lot to those people. But it was just, um, yeah, it was a really cool concept. And, uh, uh, you know, for better or for worse, it probably never went away. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to go tribute to the troops 2003 specifically, uh, is my number six. Agreed. I, that's a really, 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 really good one. I still have the DVD of both 2003 and 2004 when they went and, uh, did both of them originally. Nice. So if you, I'm not sure if they are on the network or anything like that, but if you ever want to kick back, I'll leave it at the studio. So we can just play it in the background at some times. Um, yeah, I my first watching was time watching was the year after. Um, and I remember they brought Undertaker over there and like Undertaker and Heidenreich were on that card. Oh um, yeah. Ray and Eddie tagged up on that card. Um I can't remember who they faced. I think it was Angle and Luther Reigns, if uh Holy if shit. my memory is good correct. memory. Yeah, I got the Wikipedia um, up. Yeah, it was, it was Booker T and Renee Dupree. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Taker and Heidenreich, Hardcore Holly, Kenzo Suzuki, and then, yeah, that tag match that you just mentioned. That's right. Yep, that that sounds absolutely right. And that's the one where they did the Mick Foley with, like, Don Marie thing, which was absolutely hilarious. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, those those were great. Those first ones definitely did have a certain aesthetic about them that was unbeatable. It just felt so cool that you could see them out there performing for them. And it, it was, it just made you feel really good. Yeah, no, for sure. I, and it was, and people would watch it just solely on that fact, like that solely on that principle, even if they didn't like wrestling, they're like, yeah, we'll give this a shot. This is, this is a cool idea. So exactly. Very good. Um, my number six is going to be one that's already been mentioned. I'm going to put frosty, the snowman at my number hey. six. Um, I, 
absolutely love everything about Frosty the Snowman is a show. Like you said, it's a three-minute song that they turned into a 25-minute like mini special. It just feels so heartwarming um, from the moment it starts to the moment it ends. Uh, another one where the characters are strong and they're great, like Hocus, uh, the bunny, Karen, oh, is yeah. the, the little girl. Uh, oh, man, what's the magician's name? But I always forget his name, but um, I do his voice around Christmas every single year because that's all I can think of is him going like, messy, messy, messy. Um, but they were, yeah. Professor Hinkle? Professor Hinkle. And that's what I was going to say too, but I didn't want to be wrong. Um, it, the only thing that always throws me off is when Santa comes by uh, and they get him to get frosty. He's, he has four reindeer. I'm like, what do you want? A scouting mission? Like, <laughs> why? Why do you only have four of them out there with you? Um, but it's so good that the moment, uh, the all is lost moment where Frosty melts is always so like sad for a second when that happens. Um, and it, it's just the, nothing bad. But that's the worst thing that happens in the whole thing. He melts, then he's fine in two seconds after that. Um, it's heartwarming. It's perfect. It is such a good uh, Christmas special that I will always, always go to in the Christmas season. Um, ever since I was a kid, Frosty the Snowman comes in at my number six. Great choice. Yeah, I'm happy to see it. Um, yeah, I said plenty about it, and and yeah, it is it is magical, man. It ah, just, just something about to, I, it. Something about it, like it's. I think about just the whole just happiness of that film and and that, and it's special in a lot of these that we're mentioning and you know just kind of how the innocence and and was like taken away from us in a sense where like you know how much we love Christmas and we especially loved it as kids and the world kind of like tries so hard to like beat the love out of it for us. Yep. You know what I mean? It's it's obviously it's a perception thing, but uh, it's yeah, it just it, it puts a smile on my face. You're right, though. It's a hundred percent. You, I don't know what it ends up coming down to, but there's definitely a luster for Christmas that's lost at some point. But you, it's it's our responsibility to just keep finding that every year and keep it alive for. And you have you have some fun stuff to look forward to in Christmases in the I future do. now. I yeah. do, and that's so important so important That's so exciting super oh. super exciting <laughs> um all right we are on to our top five just like that matt start us off with your number five okay my number five is uh i don't know how many people know about this um but i remember my cousin had the vhs of it it is uh it's a pokemon themed christmas special it was called pikachu's winter vacation do you ever see this? Yes. Okay. I remember this. All right. So it's a lot of, it, it, it was, it came out right around, uh, I think it was like 99. It was, it was right when the craze was kind of going on with the TV show, but he had the VHS. I actually found a website that has all of this stuff up for free. They oh, play wow. with ads. Um, Like they have all the original seasons and, and whatnot. Like it's a whole, I got it all together, which I'm very happy to find because I, it's hard to find all the old episodes, the movies, it has everything. But I was watching it today and it was like, 
can I remember it vivid, pretty vividly, but I wanted to get a nice refresher. And it's a it's a bit of a challenge to watch because it's just a bunch of Pokemon making noises. But there's some element of there's there's an element of charm. It's kind of like the the Star Wars holiday special where they just it's just a bunch of Wookiee noises. But this is a bunch of Pokemon noises, and which is a little a little bit more charming. But there's some there's some fun stuff. The first one is is you know they're out at this cabin and they go uh, Brock, Misty, and Ash run out for a little bit and the 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 Pokemon come out of their balls and they're just having fun. It's Volpix, Squirtle, Bulbasaur, Pikachu, uh, Togepi, Psyduck, and there might be another one, but uh, it's is re- it was just really interesting to kind of mess around. They knock over the Christmas tree. And then when at when when Ash and all of them come back, uh, they get it going again. Pikachu holds the cord up to his cheek to kind of power the Christmas tree, and uh, and and something else. So, always uh, oh, it was like some kind of music box, but uh, really cute. And then the second one, they were playing outside, which is awesome uh, as it is. One thing I I never really noticed before, but how it was kind of like uh, Squirtle and Bulbasaur. How they were kind of like it was kind of like a fun, like a and funny antagonistic, like brotherly thing where they just both mess with each other. And I thought that was the like I, I I never really noticed it before. Like uh, like Pikachu was sledding with Togepi, and and so Bulbasaur wanted to do it, so he used his Vine Whip, grabbed Squirtle, put him down on his back, and then just rode him down. <laughs> it's just silly stuff like that. Um, there was a there was a Kangaskhan with a baby with a baby it, it, um, they were playing with. I, it was just so much fun. So um, I absolutely love it. Um, you can seek it out online though if you ever want to watch it. It's Pikachu's Winter Vacation. They have a Winter Vacation too as well. I don't remember that one too much, but um, but the, it is out there. So that is my number five. Love it. That yeah, that's excellent. I that brought back a lot of memories for me hearing you recap that because I remember it so vividly, so so vividly. It was Pokemon was the best as a kid. Yeah, yeah, still kind of is in a lot of ways. It is the nostalgia of it is 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 amazing. I yeah, there's just so so much to it. Special mm-hmm. place, special place in the heart. Ah, so good, very good. Thank uh, you. My number five is going to be the classic Santa Claus is coming to town of uh, the Mickey Rooney uh, special. Uh, I I figured with the way <laughs> it was. Um, so I'll spend a little time on it and then I'll pass take your time. Take your time. Yep. Um, there's well, there's not tons to say about it. This this just is one of those nostalgia ones for me. Big time, big time, big time, big time. This always brings me back to when I was a kid of. Uh, the music is very good, like I've talked about um, in a lot of them. The story's really good of baby claws being found um, and moving with the Kringle family, learning how to make toys, coming back to the town where toys aren't allowed because Burgermeister slipped on one because he's dumb. He banned the whole uh, toys in the town because he's an idiot, yeah. basically, is what happened. Um but um, even his songs where he's talking about banning the toys are good. The um, the polar opposite one where they uh, after the Kringles talk about them being the toy makers to the king and him singing the opposite about 
how he's going to destroy all of them instead. It's a good contrast with everything. Um, but it's it's a compelling story overall. One foot in front of the other is great. Um, Topper the penguin? Topper. Yes. Um, is really good. And just the, the lore of Santa Claus, because you don't get too much of that. And when you were a kid, that was kind of your first story of why Santa was there. Um, and I always get such a good feeling watching it. So that is my number five. Matt, continue it for your number four. Yes, uh, easily number four. And um, it, it's one that, again, I like to come back to. I like how it was a it was a Santa origin story. All right. Why does he go down the chimney? Oh, because if he was seen, you know what I mean? He, he would get in trouble. So that was his kind of way to getting in and delivering toys. Why does he have a beard? Why did he grow a beard? Oh, to kind of hide himself and protect his identity. Um, so much other other stuff. It was really it's really charming, and it was it was cool to kind of just watch that whole, you know, uh, bringing up. And obviously, uh, it was all kind of you know, uh, kind of made, made up. Well, it depends on who you ask, but um, but it was just it was a really neat way. It is by far my favorite of the stop motion stop animation, um you know, stuff and things. So I, uh, yeah, I absolutely adore it. It's, uh, it's, I, I will watch it at least once, uh, before Christmas gets here. So, um, so yeah, uh, I am all for that Santa Claus coming to town for my number four. Excellent. Yeah. It's such a good, good feel good special to have. Um, it, which is good. Cause I feel like my next couple before number one, get a little bit more me and a little bit more crazy, as they go through and then I just bring it back with a little peaceful one that we all recognize. Um, but yes, this one is, it'll forever be one of my favorites for sure. Um, my number four, this is where it gets a little hard. I'm going to put, um, the, the episode that's titled the strike of Seinfeld. But we all know what this episode really is. It's a festivus for the rest of us. Yeah. Um, the the Jerry Stiller coin phase that is famous around the world now. So little context. For those who don't remember, this episode is called The Strike because Kramer gets a call that a strike uh, at a bagel place he used to work at is over. Um, and he's you find out he's been on strike for the past like 10 years until they raise the rates to a certain amount, which is now minimum wage. So they're going <laughs> back to work. Um, and then uh, when George gets a card that says happy Festivus from his father, immediately Kramer becomes obsessed with the concept of Festivus as a whole. Um which Jerry Stiller explains he came up with when he was uh, fighting over a doll in a grocery store for George when he was a kid. And he came up with the idea as he was beating a guy up for it. Um, but everything is just perfect. George bringing his boss uh, because he made up the thing about the donation to the human fund. Yeah. Um, the, the, uh the rules of Festivus that they have where Jerry Stiller starts by like berating everybody at the table and he screams at George's boss for about 45 seconds. 
until he randomly just stops and goes, I lost my train of thought and then sits back down. <laughs> it's one of the most beautiful, brilliant things that's ever happened in sitcom history. Um, the strike, AKA the Festivus episode of Seinfeld will do it for me every single year. I, I've talked to him blue in the face about how I had COVID two Christmases ago and rewatched Seinfeld. Um, but this was the thing that made it feel like Christmas was that episode when I finally got to it. So that comes in at my number four. Very good. Yeah, that is, uh, that's a good, I forgot about the bagel part, the bagel strike thing. Like that is the most Kramer thing you could do. Isn't it? Uh, I, it's so perfect. Um, yeah, that is uh that's a great one. Everybody will say it around this time of year. Happy Festivus. That's how iconic and ingrained and and our culture it is. So that is a uh that is a goaded choice, my friend. Very good. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. All right. Top three. Lead us off with your number three, Matt. All right. So my number three, I'm gonna go with the one that I watched today, uh in the Charlie Brown Christmas, the OG one. I think they made a sequel one to it. Um, I don't know if it hit as well, but the original one is interesting. And I, I, oh, I, yeah, I watched it today, and it looks great. Like they updated it, they gave this nice H high, like high definition kind of feel to it. And um, and you kind of look at them, like listen to it, and and the, when you watch it when you're older, you it, it you feel it differently. It's weird. Because I think Charlie Brown represents like his mood throughout the whole thing is um, what a lot of people experience during the holidays. What a lot of people are feeling um, is just depression. And you have to, some people just exist through Christmas. The way I, I view it is this. Some people just exist through Christmas time. And they, they're like, why aren't I feeling Christmas cheer? Well, it's because you're not immersing yourself in Christmas things, gift giving, being out, you know, just being outside and like you make everything sound like feel like a chore where instead it, people are out, you know, sledding and in other stuff like this is all Christmas time stuff. So um, but I, I really liked it. You know, just it, it's kind of funny to see a kid because obviously Charlie Brown being a kid, but have that perspective. Oh, commercialism or consumer. You know what I mean? Uh, but eventually comes around. It's the little tree. He he, he finally a uh, uh, little tree, which is funny. My when I was living in Rochester with my ex, her family found one and bought it and put it on display. It wasn't their main Christmas tree, but they did have that thing uh, on one of their their tables. It was one of their Christmas decorations. So uh, I love the Charlie Brown Christmas special. It's uh, it's it's a it's a great one. It's quick. Um, very, very, very good, uh, and and I adore it. So that comes to my number three. Thank you, sir. Uh, very, very good number three. I'm not going to uh, spend any time on it at the current moment because it appears on my list as well because it is very near and dear to my heart. Um, but that is that is absolutely a solid choice. Everybody needs to put it on their list to watch if you celebrate Christmas or just want to get into the holiday season a little bit. It's got such a wonderful, wonderful message behind it. It sure does. Um, yes, it does. My number three is going to be um, the Christmas episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which I believe is titled A Very uh, Always Sunny Christmas or A Very Sunny Christmas. Um, it's the most 
Always Sunny in Philadelphia style Christmas episode you could possibly, possibly imagine. Um, you find out at the beginning that ever since uh, Dee and Dennis were kids, Frank used to uh, buy all the gifts they wanted for himself. And he would just buy them to flaunt them in front of him. And they would always have terrible Christmases because he would never get them anything they wanted and get everything they wanted for himself. So it starts out with him saying, I'm pulling up or, or um, I have your Christmas present. Don't you want to come see it? And he's and Dennis is like, I don't want to see what you bought for yourself anymore. And he goes, oh, you were going to want to see this one. And Frank pulls out up outside in a Lamborghini Countach, which is what Dennis has always wanted his entire life. So Frank bought a Lamborghini for himself and then bought this really beautiful, like Prada bag that D's always wanted that he's just eating cheese puffs out of uh, <laughs> the whole time. Uh, Charlie and Mac in the meantime are trying to get into the Christmas spirit and they find out their whole childhoods were lies when it comes to Christmas. Uh, Mac in particular thought you celebrated uh, Christmas by um, rotating with other families that you shared presents with it. It turns out they were just poor when he was a kid and his family used to just break into houses on Christmas and open other people's stuff and run away with it when they would come up. Uh, and but but his dad would tell him that's the next family coming in to open their presents. Uh, so that turns out to be a thing. And then when Charlie tries to cheer him up, he goes through his tradition of how many men used to walk into um, his house on Christmas Day, hand him a present and go upstairs to his mom's room, sometimes one at a time, sometimes multiple individuals. But he said and it would just be presents for him. So uh, his mother was pimping herself out to uh, get presents for him every year on Christmas, <laughs> which, le which leads to one of my, my favorite moments in Always Sunny history, which is Charlie getting irate at a mall, sitting down on Santa's lap and asking, did you fuck my mom, Santa? <laughs> and, which is just the most unbelievable thing in existence. Uh, they even use some of that Rudolph style claymation within the episode, which I think is a brilliant touch to add in. Uh, but it it's the most always sunny thing that's that you could possibly do for Christmas, even the way it ends and the way it all goes through. There's a very famous clip from it of Frank uh, Danny DeVito emerging naked from within a couch um, that comes from that episode as well. Um, but it's it's just absolutely incredible. I um, have talked about how much I love the show in the past, and I will continue to love it. Um, a Very Always Sunny Christmas is my number three. Excellent. Good choice. I know how much you love it. I know a bunch of people who love and absolutely adore It's Always Sunny, so I get it. And it actually sounds really funny. I will probably seek out this episode specifically. It's definitely <laughs> worth it. This, this is one of those ones that, you just have to know the very basic information about the show in order to get it. it it's yeah. very easy to follow that one. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yes, sir. I, so good. I'm going to make an effort. Very good. I love it. Awesome. We are on to our top two. Matt, lead us off with number two. Okay. So this one is the newest one by far. And uh, this one came out last year. 
on Disney Plus. It is the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, um, which I adored. It was so nice to sit down and watch this thing because last Christmas was a whirlwind. I was working two jobs. You know, you and I, I, it was my fault, but we were struggling to find like recording time. It was just, it was just hectic time. And, you know, it just, so much going on. I felt like I missed so much. And to be able to sit down and watch the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special was like, it was one of the few parts of the holiday season last year that I truly remember. Um, But I, you know, me being a big Guardians of the Galaxy fan, I was like, I love these characters, but I haven't seen them in forever. There hasn't been a Guardians movie since 2017. They were in Infinity War, barely in Endgame. Like, where are they? And it was kind of nice to see them where they were, you know, starting up nowhere and and just just get a glimpse of where they're at. And then you get this fun Mantis uh, and Batista, or geez, Batista, well, technically Batista, but Drax story where they go get Kevin Bacon because they want to cheer up Star-Lord. And, um, and you have this heartwarming moment where you kind of see like, man, you know, Mantis and Star-Lord acknowledge like they're, that their brother and sister, which is which is really neat. Or Mantis wants to tell him the whole time. Um, it's it's a cute little story. It's a great little story. I was very disappointed. The only thing I'm disappointed in is that Marvel hasn't done anything like that this year. Last year they did the Halloween one. The they did the 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 wolf. Uh, or what the hell was it? Oh, was it Man Wolf or what? Oh, was the oh shoot. Uh it was so good too. It had Swamp Thing in it. Or the the was it Swamp Thing or Man Thing? Whatever the um Werewolf by Night. That's what it yes, was. They yes, did it for yes, Halloween. Yes. They did that for Halloween. They did Guardians for Christmas. And then this year they just they released Werewolf by Night in color. And they'd done nothing for Christmas. And I was kind of like, like, why aren't you like this? This should be a nice way to you to like reach home and, and become a part of holiday culture is I know they're having some trouble right now, but why aren't you finding ways to include superheroes in different holiday specials? I, I think yes. that, that would have been a cool yearly tradition. And I was a little upset that they didn't do it. So um, but regardless, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special is uh, near and dear to my heart. And I absolutely adore it. So that is my number two. Yeah, it's it's such a unique special, and I like you. I'm very mad that they did not um, do anything with it this year at yeah. all. They didn't do anything like that. Um, it's it's really really a shame. But yeah, that Guardians one is super 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 unique. It's super funny, like. It, it stays on brand for who the whole group is the entire time. And it's a, it's a really great special, quite honestly. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's a good one. Marvel's and I'm glad again, that James Gunn had a, you know, got to, got to come back and do that. Cause it was, uh, it was much needed for the guardians fans. So. Yeah. Agreed. Um, very, very good. Thank my, you. No, my number two, you kind of, um, touched on this a little bit earlier but uh 
I had actually forgotten about this until I was doing my research and then it became totally obvious to me that I had to put this episode specifically on this list. Um, among shows that uh, are adult kind of cartoons, you mentioned American Dad. And yeah. American Dad has some of the best Christmas episodes of any um, animated TV show out there. And this one in particular, which the episode is called... Um, for whom the sleigh bell tolls um this this episode um stan is conflicted as to for at first he's mad because Haley's uh husband jeff is like constantly in the house and like a pain in the ass to him and he can't stand him and blah 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 um so he's trying to think of things to get steve for christmas and he decides he wants to get him an ak-47 so uh Francine says he she absolutely forbids him to give uh, Steve a gun for Christmas, so he says he won't. And then he goes up to his to Steve's room and goes, "Merry Wednesday, son," and tosses him the gun. Um, <laughs> so they go behind a mall to um, test it out, and he's shooting at I believe a sign, and the sign falls, and San and there's a Santa behind it. And all full of bullet holes and he collapses. So they go out and bury him in the woods. Um, Francine realizes what they've done and gets mad. Um, they and they all start receiving mysterious notes. They go and they dig up the body and they realize they shot up the real Santa Claus. <laughs> um, so they it turns into uh there's Roger's storyline is he's making moonshine in this episode, like the strongest one you could possibly get. And uh, so they go up to this uh, guy he's been hanging out with and stay up there in an all out war between Santa Claus and the Smiths occur where Santa Claus is bringing in his army of elves. He brings in um, they bring in a giant snowman, like a cave troll from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> at one point, they're all they're using candy canes as weapon. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant as a Christmas episode. And uh, when I was I mentioned in some of my favorite series when we were talking about American Dad before how it kind of has a storyline. And this feud with Santa Claus has become a thing over seasons and seasons and seasons with the Smiths now. So it's it's a very ongoing thing. Santa's not the kind of the best person in the world on uh, the American dad front. Uh, but that is my number two because of the sheer brilliance and chaos of uh, how they did it. <laughs> That's amazing. It's so damn good. I love American Dad. I actually prefer American Dad. I know they like them and Family Guy are constantly compared. I prefer. I think I prefer American Dad to Family Guy. Personally, yeah, it's so good. They they have they have this moment where uh, Roger has they're out of ammo and Roger pulls out candy canes and he's like drunk and he's like. He's like, uh, to Francine and Haley, he's like, we'll suck on these. We'll be able to use them as knives or something like that. And in like five seconds, Haley takes hers out and it's sharp, like immediately. And Roger goes, wow, Haley, brand new respect for you. Francine, give her her can give her your candy cane or whatever. <laughs> it's just the sheer stupidity of everything they do. 
And, and that and Roger just being a drunk hillbilly the entire time too, and that persona just makes it that much better because he's the best character in that show. Oh man, it's so good. Still so good. Um all right. Without further ado, we are on to our number one as far as our favorite Christmas specials of all time. Matt, you're number one. All right, so now my number one, I already alluded to it. Um, it is the Woodland Critter Christmas from South Park. It is the most despicable, disgusting, wild thing I have ever seen in my life. And I remember, I don't even remember what led me to watching it for the first time. I think I, no, oh, I, well, I had discovered, um, it was Time Warner Cable, and they had the on-demand TV. So you'd look up South Park episodes, and they had it. And I was just – I was trying to watch just everything that they had. Um, and it popped up where – like, what, what is this? So I watch, and I'm like, wow, this is charming. These cute woodland creatures, uh, they got to kill a mountain lion so they don't kill them. And it's, it's Stan, so it's really nice. And then it 180 flips – they do making a sacrifice. We're bringing about the birth of the Antichrist, blood orgy. Like, I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, I should have known. If I'm watching a South Park Christmas special, that this was the direction it was going to go. And he eventually helps. They killed it. Was it the mountain lion cubs? Well, they killed the parent or the mom and then enlisted the help of the mountain lion cubs to, to defeat them. And uh, it was the zaniest thing I have ever seen in my life. I I just remember laughing just so hard at all of this stuff transpiring. It it was a slow build, but when it finally happened, you're just like, what? Oh my god, it's it's so rough. It's, it's so rough. It's amazing, and as as dark as that is for number one for me, it's just it it took it like. That's the type of humor that I, I enjoy. So um, when you get to the end and you find out that Cartman wrote the entire thing, you're like, oh, yeah, this makes absolute sense. And then they came back in imagination, the Imagination Land episode. Um, so funny. It, it was, was amazing. So funny that they popped back up. With the the boy with the red poofball hat. And like, like they did such a good job narrating it, like mocking, like not like mocking, but. I guess in a way mocking like like the Grinch. Uh, I guess yeah. it was most influenced of the Grinch, but like the, the whole narrator thing. It was so funny. So um so yeah, that is my number one. It is uh it's widely regarded as one of the best adult well, adult cartoon or just even T like T V Christmas specials because it's just how out of the box it is. So it's so out of pocket. It's ridiculous. It's <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. Um, I love it. I love that that's your number one. Thank you. I absolutely love it. Um, my number one, um, I also alluded it, it, to it before. It's a Charlie Brown Christmas. Hey. Um, nothing puts me in the Christmas spirit more than a Charlie Brown Christmas does for a lot of different reasons. I've always loved the special since I was a kid. I've always loved um, Charlie Brown and the entire Peanuts gang. Um, for those of you who um, have not heard the story as well, um, when my dad worked for United Media, used to do, um, I think what they, what they were called were uh, corrections. 
for certain illustrators. So he'd get the original like storyboard and he'd fill in things that were kind of missed or he'd just like do touch-ups on it. And right. Charles Schultz, the um, creator and illustrator for Peanuts was someone he worked on quite often um, where he would touch up all their work. So I've always, yeah, right. I So I've always, I grew up with um, Peanuts comics always in the house and stuff like that. So I grew to love Snoopy and Charlie Brown and Linus and Schroeder and uh, Lucy and all them. Um, and it's just such a sweet special. Um, the opening with the skating and the snowing always brings me a certain comfort. Um, the song they do in the beginning is always just wonderful. Um, yeah, it, it, like you said before, Charlie Brown fighting with the commercialism aspect at his young age, I think is like a funny like conflict that he has internally and him seeing where everybody's how everybody's priorities are different around Christmas. Yes. And then Linus breaks it down with um, with that uh, speech from the King James Bible, which is just absolutely beautiful. Um, and it just puts everything in perspective immediately. Uh, the connection I get to this even further than that is when I worked at Theater of Youth, um, the second season I was there, we put Charlie Brown Christmas in our winter slot and I got to play Schroeder. Um, oh, nice. Did that. So I got to meet a lot of really good friends that I have now through that. Um, Julie played Violet the second year um, because cool. that was her first professional year and I was able to get you know her, her landed over there which was awesome um, and one cool thing that we did um, was we installed almost like these puzzle pieces but it was a fake skating surface in the back like a four foot section that was like that so in the intro we had a snow machine right. um, for everything and then we were able to skate like actually use ice skates on that back part no kidding um, you, all you did was just slick it up and slick the skates up and you could you could glide on the surface like you were skating no kidding yeah it was it was a pretty amazing thing that um was able to be done through it oh. uh but yeah i i have always loved that special but uh the fact that i have uh such a close connection to it too always brings it home for me so charlie brown christmas is my number one excellent Excellent. It Thank is uh, and it's certainly one of the best. So I'm glad to hear that it uh, was your, excuse me, your number one. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I definitely want to watch it almost right after this. <laughs> I, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to watch a couple Christmas specials after this. Uh, but with that being said, that was our top 10 list for our holiday specials. This really did get me in the holiday mood and I absolutely loved your list. Thank you, buddy. And likewise, it was, it was. I'm glad you did the specific specials because obviously, we, we like you said, we did movies last year. I think we've done music. Did we do? Yes. Yeah. Did we do good and bad music? I think we only did bad, but we could probably do good. Let me uh, let me double check because uh, behind the scenes look here. Uh, Dan gets choice next week because we want a guest on for uh, the episode that we're going to be recording on December 18th. And just a sneak peek, because we're going to do it whether he, I mean, he, he said he could do it. Um, yeah, we did bad Christmas songs. I don't think we've done good Christmas songs. Why don't we do good Christmas songs next week? Let's that do sounds, good Christmas songs that sounds like week. a great plan. Let's, uh, let's keep with the holiday tradition and do that. I love that. So that's what we'll do. Um, so what we're what we're doing for this is in two weeks, um, we're going to do 
I wanted to piggyback it. I was hoping to be able to do it next week, but we're going to be doing the uh, the worst Christmas special ideas list. So we want to get a little creative, and but we want to. I, I wanted to bring a guest on for it, and he's only available on the uh, the following week. So that's where we're going to switch to. So all right, good Christmas songs for next week, and um, and then we'll do that. And uh, me and Dan got to figure out what's going on uh, for the couple weeks after that because yeah. Christmas stuff and whatnot. So, but thank yeah. Oh, you close the show. It's your. I'm sorry. I went on a I mean, little ramble. It's, there. it's our show, buddy. Don't worry <laughs> about that. Uh, no, yeah. Like Matt was about to say, thank you all for listening. Um, I hope you're starting to enjoy your holiday season out there. Um, our friends over at the uh, Starry Night Theater are putting on uh, Christmas Rose. That opens this week. If you're listening on um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the 2 p.m. show is on Sunday, 7 p.m. on Thursdays, and um, the Friday and Saturdays are both at 8 o'clock. Um, I'm doing the math in my head right now. December 7th is the first Thursday, so it's 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th, and then the week after. Um, so you have through December 17th to see it. If you want to uh, go, you get uh, tickets at starrynighttheater.com. Just a little plug for them towards the end of this episode, especially because it's holiday related and the new show is supposed to be fantastic. Um, Everybody enjoy your holiday season. Enjoy your upcoming week. And from Matt and myself, do you even list?